Ellie's Pizza and Craft Beer Authority, Macy's, Happy Shopping, Guild Mortgage, Own What Matters, and by Locker 42, your source for Aggie Apparel. Live from Old Chicago Pizza and Tap Room, here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerard. Welcome on in. You're listening to the Craig Smith Coaches Show right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. As we get ready for the conference tournament coming up this uh, coming up this week, we got a lot to break down. Of course, Craig Smith is here somewhere. There he is over there. Sam Merrill will join us coming up a little bit later on as well. And uh, as we get you ready for what should be some uh, fun games coming up here in the conference tournament, Utah State coming off a loss uh, to New Mexico. So we'll break that down as well so we're live here at old chicago would love for you to come by and hang out with us as well and uh talk a little aggie hoops with us it is the final craig smith coaches show uh, of the season and uh, we've got a lot to break down here on the program coach how the heck are you i'm doing well thank you everybody for coming out last show we all know you're here to see the legendary sam merrill we all know uh yeah, that's right. Oh, no, right. So the legendary Sam Merrill. Yes. Icon. Goat. Is that what they say? That works. <laughs> so let's, we got a lot to break down on the program. Uh, first off, before we talk about conference tournaments, before we talk about uh, all the other stuff coming down the pipeline coming up this week, uh, let's revisit a little next. bit. I, next. <laughs> next question. Uh, Let's revisit the New Mexico game. Obviously, you get a chance to decompress over the last couple of days and look at the film. Anything uh, jump out at you uh, as what you saw as opposed to uh, on film as opposed to what you saw live after you get a chance to decompress a bit? Well, I'm not sure decompress is the right word. Kind of torture. Yeah. You know, um, that's what it feels like for sure. And um, But it does. T- it takes a while, a while to get over that one. Really stung to say uh, no doubt about that. We had a lot of chances. I thought a lot of our uh, mistakes were self-inflicted. Um, uh, you know, in the first half alone, we missed six, like literally six, six layout. You know, it was, you know, Nimi, first play of the game, we run a play that is always a good kind of two-man action with Sam and Nimi. And, and I don't know that there was anyone within five feet of, of Nimi. And he kind of, you know, we always tell our guys catch with two and he goes with one and, uh, and it just goes off his left hand out of bounds. And that's a dunk, yeah. you know, right away to start the game. And, and I'm not even counting that one as one of the six. Uh, misses, but you know Justin missed one, Fonz missed one, Diogo misses a dunk, Nimi missed two, and I'm missing one more in there, uh, and that's how it goes sometimes. But that was unfortunate. Certainly, we had some catastrophic turnovers, and um, um, but we weathered the storm. You know, yeah. in the first half, and then we go up um, what 14, and and Sam got hot there in that stretch. And to their credit, they made some big plays. Like you got to give them credit too. They made some shots that they don't typically make you know 22 i don't know or not number 10 shoots 22 percent from the three in the year he makes three yeah right including the first one which is a wide open uncontested and sometimes you see the ball go in the hole early when you're not maybe a you know that you start feeling good about yourselves um we had a couple matchups that didn't go real well for us in there as well and at the end of the day we just didn't make enough plays to um to win the game so you've had a chance to have a couple of practices since uh in your in your uh, you know in your opinion and breaking this down a little bit how, how these guys responded after a game like that well we actually played sa- saturday night and um sunday was a travel day you know while well, you were on the plane yeah, yeah. there wasn't a whole lot of i guess uh, uh, yeah rest there nope 
and um, and today we worked out some guys and some guys just in the state that we're at were just uh, I know some guys got in their own but it wasn't mandatory and so we've just been loading up with the prep and, and I know our guys will come back ready to compete hard how hard is it at this point in the season to kind of walk that line of I want to practice I want to work on a bunch of things but I also know that it's been a long long season and I need to kind of be careful with how I how I handle this yeah, it's something we think about all the time, quite frankly. I really um, trust our guys, but I think we have a really good feel when we're really in good shape and when we got to kind of just pull the reins back slightly. Yeah. Um, you know, it would have been one of those things where, um, you know, if, if we go as far as we want to go, it would have been nine, nine days on with one day off, and I'm not sure that's the best picture. So you got to keep the big picture in mind. Um, at the same time, you know, the teams we're going to play – either New Mexico or San Jose, where our last two teams we just played. Yeah, We have a smart team. We have an intelligent team. Our guys have a very good feel for those guys. And so um, we'll be locked and loaded for, for, um, for that. So, I mean, it certainly helps out from a prep standpoint. You're right, because those are the last two games you played. Um, and, and so you've got those game plans just fresh in your mind. And, you know, because sometimes i got to imagine it's a little difficult sitting there waiting and waiting and not knowing until Wednesday night who you're going to play the next day. Yeah, it probably does help us uh, in this scenario with that. And then the next two games is e- either going to be Wyoming, who we just played, Colorado State, which we played about two and a half weeks ago. So they're pretty fresh in our head. And then Nevada is the one team we haven't played for quite some time. And, of course, that's um, uh, a team that we only got played once with the yeah. off-balance schedule. So, And they're doing a lot of different things. Watch um, three games of those guys yesterday and today. And, and they're doing a lot of different things now. So they're a much different team than they were um, back when we played them in, I think, mid-January. It's Craig Smith Coaches Show. We're live here at Old Chicago. I'd love for you to come by. Coming up a little bit later on, we'll open up the uh, mic and I'll let you ask questions for uh, Coach Smith as well as Sam Merrill. Uh, but coming up next, he is uh, the GOAT. He is one of the best ever play here at Utah State. You'll hear from Sam Merrill coming up next right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Welcome on back. You're listening to Craig Smith Coaches Show, the final Coaches Show of the season. Big thanks to uh, everyone who's been joining us all throughout the year and obviously big special thanks to Old Chicago for letting us invade their space once a week for the last uh, few months. Tremendous food, tremendous atmosphere. Can't thank this staff enough for all the uh, great hospitality throughout the season. All right, joining us now, uh, Mr. 2000 himself. Um, I, I tell you what, it's been a lot of fun over the last few years watching you play, Sam. And uh, I know the light's at the end of the tunnel, but uh, have you had a, do, you, do you get a chance in the middle of the year to kind of look back and kind of take in the, the career you've had at Utah State? Or is that something you'll do here in, a, you know, three or four weeks when the season comes to an end? Um, I didn't. It didn't start hitting me until um, these last couple weeks. Yeah. Probably when once we started talking about that Wayne Estes game um, and I had the chance to get to 2,000 points and it was – I think I only had three home games left. That's when it started to really hit me. And uh, now we're – I mean, now it's just in survival mode. So now I'm not even thinking about anything. Just yeah, trying yeah. to do everything I can to help us um, do something do something special this week and, and uh, hopefully make the NCAA tournament again. But uh, in a couple of weeks when it's, when it's all said and done, I'll, I'll look back on it. And um, uh, there's just a ton of appreciation for – the opportunity that I had to come to Utah State and um, for all the fans and for my family and all those that have supported me. There's a couple of stories I wanted, to, I wanted to run past you here that, you know, we don't get a chance to chat a lot sometimes after games and stuff, and it's always about the game itself. But the one thing I've always wanted to ask you uh, coming into this season, 
Uh, what was it like being able to uh, essentially have creative control over the jerseys? What was that process like? <laughs> well, control is a uh, is a broad term because the jerseys aren't exactly how I wanted them. Yeah, there's only so much you can do with with Nike and with a, a Utah State budget, which is okay, not not at the highest level. Yeah. Um, so they're not exactly how I wanted them, but. Um, I think Coach Smith has always done that with his teams, let his guys Is that true? Um, design the jersey. So that was all him. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I, like, I just think, first of all, they got way better taste than, than our equipment manager does or any of the coaches do. And Sam was like, yeah, let's dig in to do it and give them ownership on it. They're the ones that are wearing them. So I, I thought they turned out really, really well. I actually wasn't – I didn't even want, like, a throwback look. But the the kind of jersey that I wanted, we couldn't, we couldn't get. So um, – the throwback was the next best op- next best option. Well, I mean, I, th- I think they turned out great. And then, how much fun was it on that uh, that that Boise State night to wear those throwbacks? And and did you guys, because of that win, did you guys decide to go with it again the second time? I don't know who made the decision to wear them the second time. To be honest, um, it was really fun. I watched most of that game from the bench, so it was that was the first <laughs> time in a long time that I've done that. But um, and the, the jerseys are the throwback ones we have are basically the exact same, yeah. just with a little different. But um, there was a, a different feeling in them for sure. Um, what is uh, kind of talk about this season? I mean, it's been there's been a lot of highs. There's been a couple lows along the way. But give us your evaluation of this season so far for you and this team. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite the ride. I think one of the big biggest things that that people overlook from last year is we were we had just unbelievable health last year. Yeah, like I don't remember any like serious injuries or anything like that and, and this year it's been a little bit different um, we've had to battle through some stuff and um, obviously had to battle through that tough stress that we had at the beginning of January but I know I know some people are disappointed with how it's been to this point but um, when you look at what we went through in early January and to see how obviously not everyone sees how how guys have responded in practice but as a player and to see how our guys have responded and um, the resiliency that that us as a team have shown and the the character that our guys have shown through those difficult times and the the changes that guys made uh, both personally and as a team to to get better and uh, that's that's been a very satisfying feeling for us as a team I know as a competitor it's probably hard to take that New Mexico game out of it but if you can just for a moment I mean the level of play you guys have had down the stretch has been remarkable Uh, what do you do you attribute that mostly to the health of this team I think that uh, that has a little bit to do with it. And like you said, obviously that um, New Mexico game was tough. We just didn't play very well. But overall, we've been playing very well. And I think defensively, we've been good all year. Yeah. Um, obviously, there are games where you're not as good. But for the most part, we've been really good defensively. But it's been offensively where we've started to figure things out. Um, I, I haven't watched, gone back and watched some of those games. But you can feel that the ball is moving so much better. Um, we're playing through through Nimi a ton, which is um, obviously very helpful. But the way that we're sharing the ball and cutting and 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 making the right reads and making plays for each other um, is very – it's back to Aggie basketball, and that's how it's been for the last month and a half or so. Uh, when did you uh, when did you start having a passion for basketball? Um, I, I've loved sports my entire life. Yeah. Um, you know my dad; he's a bit huge sports yeah. guy, and uh, I, I played every sport growing up. For me, as a kid, it was whatever sport I was playing at the time was my favorite, mainly basketball, football, and baseball. Um, and then I hit a point in about junior high where I realized basketball was what I was best at and what I enjoyed the most, and 
Um, I continued to play the other sports in high school, but um, I just, yeah, I love, love basketball, and I love watching it. Um, Canyon, my wife, hates how much I love watching the NBA, but I'll watch random, random league pass games um, if I have the opportunity just because I love watching basketball. Uh, what's, you know, it's funny because, you know, I'll sit, you know, we're doing the post-game interview the other night and we're still watching the end of the uh, Colorado State-San Diego State game. I mean, it's, there's some people that play the game because they know they're good at the game, but they don't necessarily have a love for the game. Um, but, but you have a pure just love for the game of basketball. When did you start to feel like, okay, you know what? I can uh, maybe maybe I can get my school paid for. Maybe I can uh, play at a decent level. When did that start to click for you? Uh, I'm not sure. It's always been a, 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 a dr- not a dream. It was a goal of mine. A dream yeah. of mine as a kid was to play in the NBA. But um, my goal was to play college basketball. And uh, my sophomore year of high school, uh, I started about half the season. Second half of the season average I don't know seven or eight points a game so it wasn't anything special but that summer is when I really took off as yeah. a player and um, started getting recruited and that's where I realized that w- that this was going to be an opportunity um, you know you, you and I have talked a little bit about this I've got you know an old basketball coach of yours that's a neighbor of mine your baseball coach is a neighbor of mine as well and uh, coach you like this uh, and I don't know you know you, you know we know about this baseball coach and he exaggerates a lot so maybe this story isn't completely yes. true so but he said that uh, it was the last inning of the state championship in baseball and he's out there telling the team you know blah 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 do this do this and sam just looks at him and goes well, i'll meet you at the uh, dog pile and just runs out <laughs> on the field true story that is a true story but that was that was because i i got so lucky like bountiful baseball traditionally hasn't been all that good yeah and uh, most of my best friends played, so I just decided to to play my senior year. Yeah, and played and I hadn't played in four or five years, and luckily we were really good. <laughs> and um, I didn't have a ton to do with that. I, I played, um, but it's not what the baseball coach says, by the way. But I was I was probably the sixth best player on the team. Like there, were, we had some really good players. Um, but yeah, we got to that last game, and um, oh well, throughout the season that was. Like, we had pictures of dog piles up in, in the dugout and in our lockers and stuff like that, and that was what we always talked about, that only one team is going to end their season with the dog pile. So I'm not sure if I'm the only one that said that, but that's a funny funny thing to remember. Yeah. Coach, what was it like when uh, your first your first interactions with Sam? Obviously, I'm sure you watched a lot of tape when you were thinking about taking the job and, and coming here to Utah State, but what were your impressions of Sam when you came here and uh, took this thing over? Oh, I was so fired up. I mean, <laughs> the guy puts the ball in the hole uh, a lot and uh, makes great decisions. And you could just get a sense watching games of what he was going to be like. But I also felt like, um, without knowing him, just that he was um, just scratching the surface of how good he's going to be, yeah. you know. And um, and so then getting a chance to meet him, I got hired on a Sunday, met with him on Monday. He, I believe he was the first player I... I met with and Sam had a mil- I mean I'm guessing Sam had a lot of options you know to transfer out yeah and um, you know you gotta in today's day and age where when the going gets tough you know a lot of times guys just boom they're out the door and you got to give it he didn't know me didn't know our staff didn't know who we we're gonna hire didn't know don't know anything there's a lot a lot of unknowns and for him to stick it out I think says a lot about him as a person and who he is and what he stands for. Um, he's got a strong backbone, a strong spine. And then what became incredibly clear is how passionate he is about Utah State. 
and he is an Aggie through and through. And that's not a coach just giving lip speak. That's the facts. And when you grow up um, um, dreaming of it and believing it, and then you're a part of it, you'll do anything that you possibly can that's um, ethical and legal to, to get that program to where he once remembers with great pride it was, and he wanted to be, he never said this, but uh, the guy that helps get them, us there. And one of the first things he says is we got to get the Spectre of Magic back. Like, I, I just remember that so vividly about one of his big goals is he just wants to win and get the magic back. And it just gives me chills thinking about it. Uh, and it gave me chills at that time, and I hadn't even been a part of it. Yeah. And, um, and it's unbelievable what he's done as the catalyst of our basketball program to make that happen. I mean, watching J.C. Carroll play back in the day and seeing what that arena could be like, and now over the last couple of years, you know, you look at games like, you know, the Nevada game last year and then games this year when the place is rocking. How much, I don't want to say pride because I know you don't want to take credit for it, but how much joy do you take seeing that arena back to where it used to be? Oh, there's a ton. Uh, even, even at its worst days, the Spectrum is one of the best in our conference, absolutely. I mean, the student section, like I said, even at its worst days is, has more than probably – nine or ten schools in our league like um it's it's a great arena but yeah we felt like 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 we needed to to get utah state back to on the map just like coach said and um to have been a part of it it was a huge goal of mine um the first goal that i made when i came to utah state was was uh to win an ncaa tournament game because that hasn't been done in a long time um but to be able to see how big the crowds were this year and towards the end of last year and to feel that um, that energy back up here in the Valley has been has been awesome. Abel, Abel said that him and um, Justin were, were doing something this morning and they had two people come up and ask him for pictures and that was almost unheard of my first yeah. two seasons. Yeah. Even for me as like a starter and someone who averaged like 15 a game, that hardly ever happened. Now it happens with all the guys. So um, it's been incredible to see um, the changes that that we as a team have been able to to make. How uh, how hard was that last home game? Um, it was it was a fun game for sure. I know um, from an emotional standpoint, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was tough. Um, just looking back at all the memories, and sometimes I think the four years have gone by. Sometimes I feel like it's been ten years, and sometimes I feel like it's it's been two years. Like it, it goes by so fast. Um, but like I, like I said, post game, it was a, a nine o'clock game on a Tuesday night against San Jose State, who obviously traditionally isn't very good, and um, people didn't have to come, but they did. A lot of people did, and and there was a great crowd, a little better than I expected, and um, to be able to play that last game so well with with guys that I've worked with for the last four years, especially Abel and Diogo. Um, and then Roche, who's been so so helpful to our program, even if he doesn't play a ton of minutes. Um, yeah, it was um, unlike anything I've ever experienced. What's it been like as a to develop yourself from a leadership standpoint? Um, and is that something that comes natural to you? Because this is your team. I mean, this is this is a team that I know these guys look up to you, and they and and, and you set the tone on this team. Was that something that you kind of naturally fell into, or is it something you had to work through throughout your career? Um, it's definitely something I've had to learn about. Yeah. I've always tried to be a leader, and 
I felt like I was one in high school with with my various teams, but it's different at the college level. Um, in high school, you know, you know, obviously try and give the example and lead by example. And, but in high school, I was always the the positive guy and like let's keep going. And in college, I had to I had to learn how to yell at guys every yeah. once in a while. Yeah. And I don't do it a ton, but maybe I actually do. But um, being able to get after teammates was something that I I don't. I wasn't accustomed to doing so that's something that I definitely had to learn and um but you can't do that if you're not if you're not always giving full effort or going hard so that's that's the number one thing that I try to do and I know it's a cliche but I've just tried to lead by example but because you know you bring up a point because a lot of these guys look at you as a friend and as a peer but but you have to sometimes as a leader you know say look this has to be better this has to be better but that doesn't give you any room for error to take a practice off or a game off or a moment or a wind sprint off. I mean, you always, if you're going to be the guy getting after guys, then you always have to be at, at a high level all the time. And I got to imagine that's difficult to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I enjoy basketball, so I don't, it's not too difficult to, yeah. to not give a full effort, but it is hard sometimes during the dog days and practices can get difficult and uh, maybe you're not playing as well as you'd like and it can get frustrating, but I think the guys know that um, I'm very serious about it, and um, I'm going to bring that that energy and that um, enthusiasm every day. Coach, watching him develop as a leader, what's that been like for you? Oh, it's been awesome, man. He um, he's always been a, a, a great leader in my experience with them, um, but certainly like this year, I think he's ramped it up even more vocally. He's always talking, not not in a bad way, but like when we have walkthroughs or, you know, before practice, which is almost every day during the season. And he's always out there in that first group. Duh, 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 duh. And he, I think he's got a photographic memory. Like, cause that, when we go walk through, he can tell you what his guy's going to do, what Diogo's guy's going to do, what Nimi's guy's going to do, what Bean's guy's going to And he's constantly directing traffic. Nimi, get through that cross screen or, you know, Diogo chase it out. And he's like a, He's like five coaches on the floor. You know, he's always echo calling what's coming up. And so it's easy for everyone to figure it out. And we got some young guys by nature don't talk a lot. And so like Sean Barristow early on, would he was like a mute. Like he just wouldn't say anything. Yeah. And it was, and I think the game just goes so fast for him. They don't know what to say, you know? And so it can be, and now he's come a long, long way. And I, I give credit. A lot of that goes to Sam. The other day he was on a couple of our younger guys because they weren't communicating in practice like guys we gotta you know what i mean and without being demeaning or whatever but when you're when you got a, a heralded guy like sam that not only talks the talk he walks the walk you know when his team loses there's nothing he hates more than losing uh in games or in practice and because in practice when you lose you gotta run and one thing sam despises is running and so unless it's like in a sprint you know an offense where he's gonna yeah. get a but in practice you, know, you don't like running for losing and but whenever his team does lose, he always wins that sprint, always. And so immediately you have respect just by doing that. Not only is he a really good player, but he works his butt off and he's going to lead by example all the time. And that resonates all the way down through your program, certainly for players, but I would say for everybody uh, in the program. So he's ready to go every night. He's ready to go every day in practice. That's not a he truly is ready to compete on a day-to-day -day basis. And when your best player does that, you know, it's the sky's the limit. And our young guys, Liam McChesney, Sean Bear, so all those guys seeing that, it's been an incredible influence on those guys. So you talk about competing. I'm going to ask you the same question my co-host on my showdown in Salt Lake City, Hans Olsen, asked you once. Um, 
So your wife is a high-level soccer player. You obviously a high-level basketball player. Can you guys even play board games at the house? I mean, like, what is, what is that like between the two of you? Because I'm, I'm sure there's a high level of competitiveness in that, in that house. Yeah, she'd, uh, she'd rather be on the other team whenever we're, we're with uh, couples or, or friends and playing games. She, she wants to be on the other team so she can beat me. Um, yeah, she's very competitive as well. And I try and uh, – Stay, stay cool yeah. off the court. So um, if we're doing stuff like that, unless we get into a real sport, but if it's games or stuff like that, I try and keep it cool and protect the marriage. That's <laughs> <laughs> a smart man right there. You ever, I mean, did, did she ever play basketball at all? Did she have any background there? She did, actually. She, um, a lot of people up here know her dad, Barry, and uh, yeah. he helps coach at Green Canyon now. And she, I think until she was 10, maybe, played with guys. Um, and apparently she was she was really good. Um, dominated the, the little kids back in the day. But um, she's got a, a solid-looking jumper. But I think soccer's her sport. Nice. I like it. All right, we're going to take another break. Come back. And then, hey, it's your chance to ask questions. You've got a question for Sam, question for Coach. Uh, it's your chance to take over and, uh, and uh, direct the show. Coming up next, you're listening to the Craig Smith Coaches Show with Sam Merrill hanging out with us tonight on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Craig Smith Coaches Show. You're right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Live here at Old Chicago. For everybody hanging out, it's your chance to ask a question. Uh, if you've got something for Coach, got something for Sam Merrill, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Just raise your hand and Ajay will run the mic out to you and uh, you let your voice be heard. In fact, let's start off here in the back. Go ahead, sir. Okay, so we have a really good chance of jumping into number two scorer at USU history coming up soon. Can you dunk? Wow. Wow. Um, how crazy that I've scored all these points without one dunk, right? <laughs> I've been doing it lately in warm-ups so that some fans can see. So if you want to come early to one of the games in Vegas, you might see a couple. And he's doing it with two hands and two feet, too. You should have seen him after our last bye. Like, he was just he almost like a t- – it was close to a tomahawk. Just like, of- just like what Donovan just yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Right here, same thing. Actually, okay. <laughs> it was very similar to that. Seriously. I was like, whoa, the break's been good for Sammy boy. <laughs> so, yes, I can. What does, uh, you know, back to the, uh, the all-time scoring list, to see your name, you know, in the top four, now the three, and there's a chance you're going to sneak into number two. Uh, does, that, does that stuff mean a lot to you right now, or is it something maybe later on you'll enjoy a little bit more? Uh, it's definitely something I'll look, on, look at later on, but, yeah, it's cool. Um, especially um, being around these types of names, yeah. Wayne Estes, um, Greg Grant, who I know, and he actually called me a couple weeks ago and um, said some kind words, and obviously JC, who I looked up to as a kid, so who I'm obviously not going to pass, but um, to be around those names is, is pretty cool. He set that bar pretty high. He did. That's going to be a tough one to break. Yeah. What's amazing, though, is like he has a chance to do that, and he's number two all-time in assists. Like That's pretty incredible. And, like, if you – I mean, yeah, JC didn't is. have a lot of assists. And well, yeah, and I, I can't compare all that, but I'm just saying, like, to be that high in a 2,000 point score and number two in the history in assists, and like, if you think of when you watch Sam play, like, two things. Well, first of all, when he misses a shot, I get so mad. Like, Sam, how dare you miss a shot? I mean, you're wide open. You know, you know, I'm just kidding. But you just expect like, but how many bad shots does he take? Like, you know, like you're just like. 
he never takes a bad shot. It's unbelievable. You know what I mean? He should probably take a few more. A bad shot for him is better than a wide open shot for a few other guys at times. Um, but, but I mean, and that's not a jab. It's just he's that good and just makes the right play all the time. And not only that, he almost always guards the other team's best perimeter player. And you sit there and watch film of all these other teams and I'm just like, that guy's guarding their worst play. You know, their leading score by a long shot is guarding their worst perimeter player. That guy's – they will guard. and Sam's like, no, I want to guard that guy. And he does a phenomenal job doing it. And so he's just as complete of a player as you're going to ever find. Another question over here. Go ahead. First of all, thank you. It's been an amazing four years. We've loved having you just because you're such a quality player, but you're also just a heck of a great guy. So my question to you is, what's the hardest thing you've ever done? You're kind of young, so what's the hardest thing you've ever done? Um, <clears throat> if he's kind of young, how old are we? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's Way a, old. That's a good question. Um, I've never, never had to knock on wood, come back from a serious injury. I know that's, that's difficult for a lot of guys. Um, not to get too like um, spiritual here, but the the LDS mission that I served was was really hard, just from a um, different culture, um, dealing with with rejection and and dealing with a lot of failure. That 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 was very difficult, and I thought I was a tough kid back in high school playing sports, but I, I had no idea until I went on my mission, and that's um, something that's helped me a ton through all the difficult times that I've had in college. Who's the, uh, if you were to, you know, and you don't have to name the one, but the two or three toughest guys you had to guard throughout your career at Utah State? Toughest guy I ever had to guard, and his name, you may not even remember him, Gian Clavel. I don't even, it was my freshman year, so you wouldn't have even No, I wasn't calling him. Colorado State. Colorado State, one player of the year that year. He was, um, had that pro-style game where he had a ton of combo moves and, could shoot it from anywhere and he was the type of guy that when he got hot like there aren't a lot of guys like this in college where when he got hot everything was going in yeah <laughs> and so he was probably the toughest guy that i've had to guard was that the uh, were you on that team the year where they had the big comeback against colorado state in the uh, tournament no i was not oh okay were you on <laughs> no i i think though that clavel guy like at the pit they were down by like 25 with like seven minutes to go or six and he just went sure nuts yeah he was like he had like 40 just went nuts wow. to win the game all right another question go ahead who do you think is the most improved player since the beginning of the season <laughs> our young man he's you. always got great questions yeah, that's yeah. a great question um wow a lot of us are returners so i with those guys i would probably say from the course of last season to this season but uh, Sean Barstow's made made a ton of strides. I know he still doesn't play a ton of minutes because um, there aren't a ton of minutes to be played, but he, <laughs> I'm not sure if I can say this, but in our close scrimmage against Northern Colorado, I bet he gave up 25 points. Like, Northern Colorado was just going by him every <laughs> single possession. And now, like, we have no, we have no issue. Obviously, he's still a freshman, so there's still freshman mistakes every once in a while, but defensively we don't really have any concerns with him we know he can get out there and and defend guys so he's made a ton of improvement coach how about you you agree yeah i'd agree with that he should have played a lot more the other night 
Um, I, I regret that for sure. But uh, Sean's made tremendous improvements, uh, and I would—I mean, I would say him. And if you if you say the guys that aren't playing, uh, Liam has made drastic improvements from where he was in um, September, October, um, and then Trevin's made big strides as well. Your stories where Trevin was two years ago or three years ago as a redshirt, Sam and Abel to share some stories, and so he's coming. He's got room to grow, obviously. They all do. Um, but I'm excited about those guys in the future. Any other questions, raise your hand. We'd love to hear from you. We have another one down here uh, just a bit. And uh, your chance to talk to Coach and, uh, and Sam Merrill. Go ahead. When Abel got that technical, he looked like a little bird learning to fly that fell out of the nest, nest and he was looking for a branch, you know. Did you agree with that, that it should have been a two instead of a one? I never watched the replay, so I, I have no idea. That can, coach can answer that. I'm sure he's rewatched it. it yeah, a few times. Um, uh, yeah, I, it, it, it's one that could have gone. I, I certainly see why they did that, but I also know because when you look at the exact definition, uh, excessive by nature, I don't think there was any intent there. Certainly he apologized to their coach on the way out. Um, there was no intent. He clearly went for the ball. It's not like it's not like he just went up and just drilled the guy. Like, he made a play on the ball, and he hit the ball. We all saw that. So, but when you read the one and two, like, verbatim, I can kind of see why they, but, but he clearly made a play on the ball, and that was the hard part. And it certainly, you know, had an effect on the game, no doubt, losing your starting point guard and, and all that he, you know, does for us. So it's unfortunate. There's no bad intent. But sometimes those things happen. And I think part of the reason it looked so bad was he was, I think he was anticipating, who was it, Jackson, to go yeah. up and try and dunk it. Right. And he barely jumped. So that's why Abel jumped way high and Vance didn't even jump at all. So that's probably why, also why it looked so bad. You're right at that. It was surprising. He didn't just explode, yeah. you know, and just, um, so it was just kind of one of those things. And, of course, it looked, I mean, it looked I don't want to say look worse than it was, but yeah. I think there's a lot of truth in that. Well, and I think, you know, looking at who came out of that the worst, looked like Abel came out of it worse than uh, worse than fans did. Um, I, I got a, uh, a tweet rolling in here, um, and it, it's kind of references, and I've made re- reference to this on the air every now and then. It seems like you talk a lot. Not like in a in – a, and it's not in a trash-talking way, but sometimes I'll look out there and it looks like sometimes you're just making conversation with some guys out there on the court. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I've ever, ever talked trash, but uh, there are certain guys that you can have – a lot of the guys you can have fun conversations with. Um, and especially I've been here for four years, so yeah. a lot of these guys I've played against four, five, six times. Um, and, you know, we're all basketball players. Sometimes I wish I could talk a little more trash, <laughs> but I just can never get myself to do it. But, yeah, that's a that's a interesting thing. I do do like having conversations with guys. But, but, you know, it's a tight fraternity. I mean, you guys are college basketball players, as you mentioned. You see each other quite a bit. And, and sometimes I think everybody thinks that everybody, you know, it's just this, this pure hatred for your opponents. When in reality, you know, outside of maybe the game, you genuinely hope some of these guys do very well. Yeah, absolutely, and um, I'm as competitive as they come, but I, I think there are levels to that, and I don't think there's 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 being competitive, and then there's guys that are are fake, and I yeah. think some guys are fake and like to talk, but don't don't really show it out on the court. So I try and show it just the, with the way I play. If there's any other questions? Oh, we do have one right over here. Go uh, go ahead as soon as you get that mic. Again, thank you for the 
fun it's been watching you play. Thank you. And you're one of the most physical players I've ever seen. And how do you feel the day after a, <laughs> a game? And do you ever have unexplained bruises? <laughs> I, I do get get bruised up quite a bit. Um, I've I've accustomed myself to it, so I I know I've been able to take falls the right way and and try to avoid contact when I can. Um, but yeah, I do get beat up quite a bit in some games. Uh, maybe not as bad as some people as it looks at times, but um, and coach knows I'm not. I'm not huge into the whole recovery thing. Um, I'm not big in going to the training room, so I'd rather I'd rather play through the pain of an injury than than go through the pain of treatment. Because <laughs> usually, for me, treatment is more painful. Um, but yeah, I love it. Any other questions? Raise your hand. I do have another tweet. Uh, do you consider yourself a superstitious person? <laughs> no, but I can tell you who is very, very, very superstitious. Yeah. Yeah. To a fault. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> You're right about that. I have routines and such that I like to stay in, but yeah. no, I don't have any superstitions. So. I forget who we were playing, and Sam was uh, there you know, in the highlight film. And we have clips from last year. It was the first time we were playing, and I wore the same shirt on the road, and, and Sam was like, superstitious, huh, Coach? Because we won at their place last yeah. year, and I wore yeah. that, so I had to wear the same thing again. Any, any it, didn't, it didn't work. Any other superstitions out there that uh, you, you can elaborate on, or do you keep those to yourself? Me? Yeah. I can't share those. Okay. I could tell you about I, 20, but I don't want to embarrass you. All, all I know of is one. I, 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 I got to tell you a story about Sam. So we win, we, win the, we win the conference tournament title last year, and, you know, you're in the, uh, what's that place called? Thomas and Mac Arena. And so they have all this protocol, right? You, you, you get done with the game, and I think – um, the first year, the first two games, they took us up right away to the TV, and we do an interview, and then they they whisk you down, and they have like a 10-minute moratorium or 15-minute for the winning and losing team, so uh, um, tempers don't flare, and there's no uh, fights or arguments, or uh, I'm going to resist the temptation of saying something really obvious from last year, but I won't I won't say it. But anyway, we go to the post game, and the, and the the team that loses goes first, right, Sam? Yep. And so they they spoke, and then we're and we're both just like we won the title, and we're just kind of looking at each other like, and I'm like, you know, I, I can't shut up, and Sam's just sitting there like, are you gonna ever shut up? And I'm kind of looking at Sam like, hey, we won it, like you know, we won it, and he's just kind of shaking. He goes, I still don't think we're very good, coach. And I'm like you know, we're we're 28 and six at the time, and we won, and he's just, and that's part of what makes him so good is he has a deep confidence in himself, but I still don't always know if he realizes how good he is. But even our team, and I'm like, Sam, like, we're pretty good. You know, he goes, well, I guess we we don't take a whole lot of bad shots. And he's like, I, I guess we're pretty good defensively. You know, like we were like top 10 in the country in defense last year, or 15 or whatever. But you do sometimes, you look at, because we have some inadequacies too. You know, our last year we did. We do this year, of course. Every team does. But I still remember, like, we won it all. We did all this stuff. We and, and Sam's like, I still don't know how good we are. And I, and I just was like, oh, I don't know why. Just the look on his face, I'll always remember that um, that moment for some reason. It's one of those that only you and I shared. You probably don't remember it. I do. Oh, do you? Mm -hmm. I right. told you he's got a photographic memory. He doesn't forget it. Can't pull anything by this guy. So I want to uh, – let's go X's and O's here for a moment with you, Sam. Um, 
What do you uh, – I mean, uh, granted, you, we, you don't know who you're going to play the first game, uh, but just from a general standpoint, what does this need, team need to do to shore up, uh, to shore up going into the tournament? Um, I think one of the things that, that we struggled with a little bit um, on Saturday night, obviously with their pressure, I think one good thing about playing a team like New Mexico is when you play a team like New Mexico that gets out and pressures – a lot of times you don't see them for another month and a half, so yeah. you have to re-prepare yourself for it. So if it is New Mexico, that's one thing. And same thing with San Jose State, who we just played. Both those teams are fresh on our minds. Um, with their pressure, we had 17 turnovers, which is obviously too many, but I think there were four or five possessions where because of their pressure and because of the crowd, we either um, didn't get into our offense quick enough or efficiently enough, like we got our catches too far out, or one person didn't even know the play. Um, and that's that's on me first and foremost as as a senior and on our whoever's playing point guard at the time to make sure, and us as a team, just to make sure we relay that stuff. So that's one thing that we can tighten up. Um, and that obviously won't be as big of an issue playing a neutral court game, even though Fresno, New Mexico always bring fans. So it might feel like a road game. It won't be as loud. Um, so taking care of the ball um, and then finishing at the rim, like Coach said. And I miss five or six wide-open threes that I normally make. So um, if we can share up those things, um, if it is New Mexico, then I think we'll be in good shape. And if it's San Jose State, then just keep doing what we've been doing. Um, now, I, you know, I'm projecting a little bit here, assuming some wins. But three games in three days, how difficult is that on, on the body to, to play at that, that high level in that, those many games? Um, I don't think it's as difficult as it seems. We're still, we're still young kids. Relatively young. Relatively. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of all of us have played. You know, with the new A with AAU, you at times you play. I, I think one. I think the most games I've played in a day is like seven. Um, so, it's not as bad as it seems, but you do have to do the right things and make sure you're. Um, doing the Normatec, which is the recovery boots. That's what a lot of people call them. And, and getting ice baths when you can and stuff like that and getting treatment. So, and eating the right things. But uh, with with the way that – with our seating, if, if we do find a way to win a couple games, the turnaround is so fast from the semifinal to the championship, you almost don't even think about it. You, yeah. you wake up and you're right into it. So, there's not a ton of time to, to worry about it. Coach, how about you from a perspective of, again, not talking specifically about opponents because you don't know, but what are some of the things you want this team to be a little bit more prepared for going into this tournament? Well, all of the above. I mean, you got to – we always say the best teams are um, – their style of play is the winning style. And so you got to be ready to, to play any style of play, whether it's against the press or zones or pressure and deny or softer man or – um, guarding different types of teams, teams that shoot a lot of threes, teams that are just mainly put their head down and just drive to the rim. Um, specifically for us, we just got to keep getting better. Uh, we got it, like like Sam said, uh, we've made great progress offensively. I thought the last month certainly probably took a step backward the other night. You know, missed so many chip shots. I thought they sped us up um, and kind of dictated some of the tempo to us. I got to do a better job for our guys uh, in some of that stuff without a question. But and we got some veteran guys that have been there, um, done that. They got to have the right mindset. We always say mind right, game right. When your mind is right and you're focused on the right things, um, a lot of times your game follows that. And so making sure that we are locked and loaded 
and and we're worried about doing our job to the best that we can and um and if we do that we'll have every opportunity to win it's a, i think it's a obviously san diego state has played the the best in, in terms of the regular season and they earned that with the regular season title but now it's the third season right you go non-conference to to conference play and now the postseason play and in a lot of ways everyone starts zero and zero and let the mess let let's uh let 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 the best team win that's well, what I was trying to say. Well, I like it. <laughs> All right. So remember, game uh, New Mexico, San Jose State. That'll be Wednesday at 3.30. And then Utah State will play the winner of that game coming up. Thursday at 7 o'clock. Pre-game show will begin at 6.30, and we'll break it all down for you. Gentlemen, thanks for coming by. Appreciate it, Sam. Thanks for hanging out with us all hour, man. Appreciate it. That's Craig Smith. Hey, big thanks to everybody who came out all year long. Big thanks to Old Chicago. Fantastic hosts. We'll do it again next year right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Go Aggies! This has been the Aggie Coaches Show with Coach Craig Smith, brought to you by Ford. Go further. H&R Block. Block has your back. New York Life. Be good at life. And by Old Chicago Pizza and Taproom. Cash Valley's Pizza and Craft Beer Authority. The proceeding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Aggie Sports Network.